Generate Thrive podcast. I'm Austin. And I'm Caden. And uh, here we talk about the crazy and amazing stories found throughout the Bible. We believe that the Bible is the most amazing set of documents that have ever been collected in history. And we love to read them, talk about them, study them, and uh, learn everything we can about them and apply it to our lives. So welcome and enjoy. Hey guys, so we're checking out uh, chapter 5 of Mark today. Um, Some really good stuff in there. But first we're going to uh, look at the end of chapter 4 because we didn't talk about it in last week's podcast because it goes better with uh, the the overall theme of chapter 5. Yeah, so the first story at the end of four uh, is continues in its like purpose throughout five. So we'll start uh, at the end of four. Yeah, I think like verse uh, thirty-five around there. Yep. So Jesus is uh, the the title of um, like this next section is Jesus calming the storm. So he's teaching a bunch of people and him and uh, like the disciples go out onto a boat uh, so they can probably teach better like into it like a larger section. Right. That's the idea. Yeah. So he's um, coming to teach. Actually, I don't have this stuff up. Um, He's going to talk to a uh, variety of people oh yeah he's leaving the crowd yeah he just so he's going to somewhere else he's not prepared um he was leaving the crowd that he just talked we just talked about the teachings that he had and they're gonna go to the other side of where they're at uh that day when evening came he said let's go over to the other side leaving the crowd behind him so they're getting about to go to the other side and i think we've heard the story a lot but we got to understand it in the context of that messianic secret, Jesus, who is this person of Jesus and what is he revealing about himself? And that's kind of the context in which these next stories are being told in. Uh, Mark is trying to reveal to the reader um, who Jesus is. So this first instance is the calming of the storm. Which you don't have to read it because the title says it all. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think I think the biggest takeaway in this story um, isn't like the the power and the authority that Jesus has because we've we've seen that um, in the first three chapters already the authority that Jesus has calling out other spirits and it's um. Like it's repetitive in the way where it's driving home a point where Jesus is authority, like in, in power. Um, but I think the thing that's interesting is like at this point, the disciples, they don't, they're still a part of the messianic secret. Like they don't, I don't think that they realize yet either. Um, because they, they in the story they call to Jesus. Don't you care if we drown? And Jesus uh, stands and tells the waves to quiet and be still. And then the wind stops, and then the disciples are afraid of Jesus. Like that's what. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Yeah. 
So I think that I think that is the bigger uh, like for me the bigger takeaway of the story. Yeah, that their reaction of Jesus revealing himself to them. That's interesting. But uh, Lisa, the part that we all kind of get that we've been taught from the stories, the divine authority that Jesus is showing over creation and nature. Uh, I love the connection between calming the storm. Um, we'll get later on to, but uh, you see in Exodus, Yahweh's ability to change the weather and change water, like splitting of the sea and with Moses and stuff. And you see that same authority in Jesus now with controlling something that's not controllable. Yep. Yeah, and in just like a quick little uh, fun fact, um, like water would have been one of those uh, like in Old Testament thinking, it would have been like one of those things that was was so important because it like produces life, um, like when mixed with soil and like rivers flooding, and, and like it was just like it was uh, the source of where life. Uh, came from so it was almost treated in a like i don't know like holy isn't the right way to describe it oh but it brought life it provided yeah yeah and so every time we see yahweh like split water or control water Mm -hmm. it's like it's a it's an act of showing that he's greater than than the most important like human like uh like element yeah that's great the next uh, the next story title um, is Jesus restores a demon possessed man. This is why Jesus Jesus they go to the other side and uh, they encounter this man with an impure spirit and they came from the tombs to meet him. No one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. And you see Jesus's encounter with this man. And so why why are we continuing to get the same story like over and over again? What do you mean? So it's like we're getting the we're getting the story of Jesus calling out an impure spirit and then Jesus telling the spirit to be quiet. Um I don't know. This seems like it's like the sixth one that we've had. Yeah. And it all kind of seems like the same like the same mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So you see this continuing theme of Jesus restoring people, um, curing their diseases, uh, curing their social like impurities, the religious impurities. He's restoring humans. You know, mm-hmm. we keep, we continually see that. And then alongside that, we can continue to see Jesus restoring something else. And it has to do with the spirits. He's driving them out of people. They're proclaiming who Jesus is. So I think he's not just revealing himself to man, but Jesus revealing himself. To the spirits as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, so again, like we see continuous stories, but it's a continual uh, revealing of who Jesus is. Yeah. And I think the spirit stories don't hit us hard because uh, our world is a little different now. Like, you know, we don't, we don't encounter, we don't bind, like put people in tombs because they have impure spirits. Yeah. Uh, but I think what's meaningful is showing that Jesus is impacting this other area of life, the spiritual side of life as well. 
So he goes on to uh, to heal this man, but something really interesting happens, and this is kind of like uh, uh, sometimes we read scripture and we're just like, ah, it's like scripture talk. It's okay, um, but I think it's fascinating. The demon, and this is in verse twelve. The demon begs Jesus, "Send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them." And Jesus gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down to the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Super weird. You know what I mean? Really weird. So, I don't don't know what that means. I don't know if that's, like, would have been understood in their, like, time or whatever, but Uh that is... To me, that's that's weird. That's it's kind of funny, um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I don't like. I don't have anything to say about that other than, huh? Yeah, I have nothing to say about yeah. too. It's weird, strange. But Very what do you strange. think? Like the intent, like, and maybe this isn't the best example. But when we hear things that just don't make any sense to us, what do you think the intention of like the author? was like do you think that that was just something that was recorded because it happened yeah well like so think about when you tell a story to someone and i witness account you're gonna leave out details that don't matter yep you're not gonna tell them the weather unless the weather mattered to the story so when they add that in there is significance to it this exact story i don't have my handy dandy john sailhammer uh, commentary with me to see what he says about it, but I think there's significance. I think there's significance on why it was. It was probably a. I'm guessing like a almost a world event. Like, do you remember when all these pigs were drowned? Like now they have mm-hmm. all these dead pigs. Like, so so maybe that that was a big event. So it was attached yeah. to to the story. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like as as Mark was recording this. He would have like remembered that that thing and like entered it in, and then either people who were like there during that time would have been like, "Oh yeah, I remember I hearing about like yeah. the pigs going and drowning themselves." But I think that's interesting too, is like understanding um, that what we're reading wasn't necessarily meant for us. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it was meant for the people of that time. Exactly. So. Uh, so we, yeah, I need to understand then how, why and how would they have heard it? Yeah. You know? So again, there's this theme of res- restoration, which I love is uh, the storm is crazy and he restores nature into calmness. The storm is chaotic, you know, the ocean's chaotic and he restores it. This man is chaotic and he restores him. Mm. Yeah, taking, making uh, beauty out of chaos, making order out of chaos. You see, the world was in chaos, and then God created the garden, created order. Humans were in chaos, and God gave his law to create order. Yeah, so... To, to, to hit, like, right on what you were saying is... Uh, like when Jesus came back, 
they saw the man dressed and in his right mind, like yeah, his his mind and his like spirit was restored to the proper way it was intended to be, um, and then those who had seen it told people what had happened to the demon possessed man. Like that was they they now have like an account to like go off of, and told about the pigs as well, like both. Yeah. But like those would have, it would have gone like hand in hand. Yeah, I like how uh, he doesn't really have a name. Like he says, "My name is Legion," because we are many, you know. Yeah. But like he would, he was known as the Demon Possessed Man. Yeah. Like that was his name. <laughs> yeah. Like it wasn't John. Yeah. It was the Demon Possessed Man. Yeah. Yeah. But then. Right after, right after they recognize that the man has been restored, um, and the pigs went to drown themselves, the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Yes. What, like, what? Um, they think like bad, like bad voodoo, bad vibes <laughs> going on, or yeah. I mean, they. I think they're recognizing they're in the presence of someone who is divine. Mm. That's all they know. And they were more afraid of that than in inviting of it. Yeah, I think I think some people think they were afraid because they knew they weren't living correctly, all that stuff. But I'm like, no, I think they're just afraid of yeah. divine presence. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just interesting. So Jesus gets back on the boat, crosses the sea again, and... Uh, a large crowd was waiting for when he get back when he got back, and uh, he has like one of the Jewish church leaders come and ask him uh, to heal his his little daughter because she's dying, and so under this section, it's Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. Um, yeah. So real quick on his way. So yeah, on his way to heal this. Uh, guy's daughter he has an encounter with a sick woman Mm -hmm. but before that the significance of Jairus the father of the sick girl that came to Jesus I love that it says then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus it could say then Jairus yeah it says the synagogue leader the synagogue is you know should be a holy place Mm -hmm. cleanly like where Unpure spirits are purified where you go to be restored or a place of restoration, a place of God's order, you know, like that's the synagogue. Yeah. And you see a leader of the synagogue, not see the synagogue as a place of restoration, rather in a person named Jesus. Mm. So a synagogue leader is acknowledging that Jesus brings restoration rather than the synagogue. Yeah, so like in in that in that dynamic, Jesus would like have been considered like a Pharisee, right? Like a teacher of the law yeah. and all mm-hmm. in, in that. Um, so like where would they have like um like let uh, leveled up next to each other like where where would I guess like their titles have yeah. been like different so Pharisees they weren't as um, structured as we view them we see it as a very structured class of like 
they have a license as being a Pharisee. Rather, it was actually more of a almost a self-given title. Like, oh, I'm a Pharisee. I study the scriptures. Mm. It was kind of more sporadic in uh, how they were organized. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah, because Pharisees, yeah. like, um, they kind of get painted in a bad picture throughout scripture uh, because they were they just would have been like religious teachers. Yeah, and when they kind of confront Jesus, um, they're like we sometimes. It looks really bad, but I think sometimes it's more of a curious and it's like, hey, this is what we've always yeah. done. Why are you yeah. kind of changing the the script? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but they wouldn't – they would think of like um, I'm a fan of the sports team, you know. Yeah. Uh, but me and the other fans of that sports team might differ on what we think the team needs to do or how good they're doing all that. Like, it was almost like that. It was like a, just a group of people who held true to the scriptures. They weren't necessarily affiliated with an organization that like sent them out, you know, or that they necessarily like followed. Like you see the Sadducees and they're more of an organized yeah. group. And they were, they were higher up. They were in like cahoots with Roman government. Yeah. Where the Pharisees would have, they were kind of uh, more self-proclaimed. I'm a Pharisee. Mm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So what were we talking about? Okay, this like guy, where they where yep. they so like synagogue leader would have yeah, been like so up I'm, there. So yeah, I, I, so he must have worked at the synagogue. Yeah. So he wasn't a Pharisee. Yeah. But he worked at the synagogue. Interesting. Okay. So it would have been like a high up dude in this in this deal, yeah. probably like well respected, and all those things. Yeah. Very. Going and asking, falling at Jesus's feet, it says, to to come and heal his daughter. Yeah. Cool. And so as Jesus is on like that journey, um, a woman who has been sick for a decade plus. 12 years. 12 years. Um, came in touches. Yeah. Jesus's so again, claw. here in uh, 28, she had suffered a great deal, deal under the care of many doctors. And I spent... Um, and had spent all she had. And instead of getting better, she grew worse. So again, she went to a place that's supposed to restore her, the doctors, you know, and she got medical care and yet it didn't restore her. Just like that synagogue can't restore that guy's dying daughter, the doctors cannot restore this woman. See that comparison? Mm. So she comes to Jesus. Yeah. And it gets to your favorite part. Yeah, so <laughs> she comes up, touches his cloak, um, and then we have somehow her thought bubble saying, if I just touch, a, touch his clothes, yeah. I'll be healed. Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's kind of, but whatever. So, the, so I, I'm curious if, if she was told, she has told this story to yeah. people, many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be, like, because you're inside her head. Yeah. But what's, I mean, I'm going to do it. Because whatever. Yeah. But like in Matthew, it has the same story. But before she reaches and like grab and like touches Jesus' cloak, he recognizes her and like says that I heal you. And so like there's a there's a distinction mm -hmm. between what's actually healing her, which I mean isn't the point. The point is like the difference of what's being recorded. But uh yeah, like is it the cloak? That is it Jesus's clothes? Does he have holy sandals? Or I wonder if the writers of 
the gospels or the eyewitnesses of them might have they didn't know either they might have differed yeah. because later on in mark's gospel or his reading this morning um it talks about fab clothes being a source of healing again. Yeah. And, and and Paul says the same thing. Yeah. He talks about clothes being. Yeah. So you see that, but then you also see something different. So we go, oh, contradiction. Like, well, what if they, they didn't know either? Yeah. No, I. They both had my idea, My idea for Mark's gospel is that he probably heard this story being told and it's like the woman had such great faith that she just reached out and like yeah. nipped the the clothing mm-hmm. and that's what he that's what he recorded yeah um regardless though clothing or or otherwise um she's healed and jesus goes and he asks like who had touched my robe um and everyone's kind of like hey we're in a mosh pit <laughs> like you're being like we're all being uh, like bumped up against or whatever. Real quick, let's say that he said, I felt power leave me. I felt power leave me. Kind of weird. Where does it say that at? Um, uh, at once, Jews realized that power had gone out of him. Oh, okay, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, I feel like it's a. Uh, He's just slowly revealing who he is. I'm not. I'm divine. Yeah. I hope power leave me. But do you think he proclaimed that because the way it's recorded doesn't say that Jesus said True. that? True. Like, that's more like my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that been an interpretation of the event? Yeah. By the eyewitness? Because, yeah. like, I don't know how we would compare that to like today because we don't really, the only time I think we would feel like power draining us is like if we were, if we became exhausted, mm-hmm. like that's something that we can yeah. all, or if we get like a, like we drink a bunch of coffee and we get like all jittery and energized and then we can feel like the crash later. Um, so like maybe, maybe something like that happened yeah. where Jesus feels yeah, I know it's that. a weird statement because I was I was reading earlier in um, uh, Malachi where Jesus or where God says that he is he is exhausted from the Jewish people, <laughs> like a little bit different context, but uh, still still something that to to analyze and take into consideration. But okay. We're going to continue. Um, Jesus asks, who touched me? Um, and then sees the woman and uh, basically just says, like, your faith has healed you, your belief in me. Um, and thinking that, like, just touching the the end of the fabric will heal you has, like, proven, proven true to you. Which I just think is awesome. Because, again, restoring this lady into the place, like you've been saying, of now she can go on like with her life the way it was intended. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know if she was Jewish or a religious person, but rather it didn't matter. She wouldn't be able to because of this illness. Yeah. So like she wouldn't be able to go to the temple or anything because of this illness and not be able to take part in these religious practices. So he's restoring her socially, mm-hmm. religiously, spiritually, everything. He's just restoring her yeah. like soul and as a human. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So how you've been saying how, um, we have this messianic secret, which means Jesus isn't, he's, he's quieting the spirits after performing these acts. And, um, so like no one, no one knows yet who Jesus, who Jesus is, um, besides the spirits, the spirits have been able to, to recognize that, um, but I think that's that's it up until this point. And he's going to heal the synagogue leader's daughter now. And he doesn't let and, and I think that this is like what you were saying. You, um, Jesus is now like allowing little by little people his like true identity yeah, to be revealed. Revealing, so, so you yeah. have Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, yeah. who are allowed to come with him as he goes and visits uh, the little girl. Yes. 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 Yeah. And then, I mean, there's so many different angles that you can take from these. Mine, again, is similar to the um, Jesus calming the storm. He heals the girl. We all like, we all know that story. Um she got up and in, in all of that, which is awesome. But then he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and then tell her to eat something. <laughs> so like, it almost looks like, well, cause he said he, she was sleeping. So it looks like she woke up and maybe she was like sick and now she's okay because she had some food and she was like back. But like even even though he brings in three of his disciples, he still tells them and the synagogue leader not to, not to say anything. Yeah, and it goes to uh, I think it's in John's <clears throat> John's Gospel. I can't remember. But when uh, I can't remember, sorry, I don't know. But his, his mom asked him to do something, and he said, "My time has not yet come." Mm. And it's almost that same idea, like my time has not yet come. Yeah time for me being fully revealed it has not come yep like what what i almost the the way that i kind of see it in my in my head is jesus right now is like getting all the ducks in a row he's like he's doing little things kind of over here and over there and setting everything up so he can like be fully revealed yeah yeah that's what that's what it seems like uh so far yeah I agree. <clears throat> Again, I mean, the constant theme of when he, he went into the leader's house, synagogue leader's house, people were crying and wailing loudly. He went and said to them, why all the commotion and wailing? So you see, again, that chaos, the chaos of family freaking out. And he and, says, but she's not dead. She's asleep. And Jesus is the one who can come in and, and restore that. Exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That restoration. So you see this theme of these four different events. He draws Jesus uh, claim authority or show authority over these powers that kind of ruled the world at that time. Um, storms, chaos of nature, evil spirits, disease, and death. And you see him restore all those mm-hmm. four things. It's interesting. Yeah. So, this may not be a like the correct question, but um, 
like through the last couple of ser- or like the last series, we've been talking about how um, spirits, Elohim, lowercase God, gods, um, are in cahoots with national like national powers. Mm-hmm. And what we have like looked at and talked a lot about today is Jesus restoring um, people and spirits. So whether those be demons, which just means demigod when you look at it in the Greek language, um, or other Elohim, which is just a spiritual being, um, and he's restoring them to the place that they were intended to be. What does that look like? Um, because that, that can be spiritual, that can be social and like economical, that could even be like religious because like, you had to be... You had, for like to be Jewish, you had to have a certain mm-hmm. level of like cleanliness. Um, but like nationally, have we seen anything yet that has like that kind of implication? Not so much like um, like I know like uh, during this time period, um, people with disease, lepers, uh, people who were like paralyzed were like all like second class, second tier citizens. Yeah. Um, so like that would have been like more social, economical, but like nationally, have we seen anything yet? Or is that kind of like well, later? Of- I would say he's restoring Jerusalem. So he's restoring God's people. Yeah. So I'd say it's always national. Like his nationally isn't, is already a human made thing like like, to restore humans would be to restore nations the nation you know so the the act of restoring humans will hopefully restore nations okay so yeah so so that makes sense has there been political implications yet uh the main example being like rome yeah and like the i mean we we saw jesus impact the life of a synagogue leader mm-hmm. so that may be like the political scene for yeah like it's, the jewish you community don't, you don't see him that much interfere with like the government of rome yeah um a roman soldier we talked about yeah and then uh, we have the centurion yeah and then so you see that a little bit and then at the end you see his encounter with rome but his main purpose i mean he says it's first for the jew then the gentile yeah his purpose was to restore the Jewish people and then the Gentiles. And you don't really see a, a purpose of Rome because there's always going to be a Rome. Rome wasn't a yeah. Rome isn't going to last forever. Rather, the Jewish like people and the Gentile are going to last forever. You know, so right. so Rome wasn't that significant to him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's a good example for us. Like nations rise and fall, but there still will be God. Yeah, and you see him focus on people in their lives rather than a government. Yeah, because I think I think in my thinking. I tried to place God into the idea of what was thought of about other Elohims and gods. Like they would have been concerned about the national implications of their country where we see Yahweh doesn't care 
or doesn't abide by those rules. Yeah. You see him get asked about the coin. Yeah. His answer. We'll yeah. get there. I think that's in Mark. So we'll, uh, yeah, Denarius. You read about that later on. Yep. So that's it for chapter five. Uh, next week, no shocker here. We're going to go after <laughs> chapter six. Um, so, yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's some new stuff. We turn into, um, yeah, it, it's going to start um, uh, escalating. It's going to start building. And, yeah. Um, yeah, things are going to get kind of crazy. Yeah. It's going to be good. All right, see you guys. Later.